Yeah, good day, Sal. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. That's good. Um, Paul set these up a little while ago, and we've got a couple of people, and another one a bit later. Um, so, Sal, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, sort of your life, where you're born, how you got here, that sort of thing? So, you're just a bit of a rundown on that, if you wouldn't mind. Um, <coughs> my name is Sally Lisa Porker. I was born in Mildura, Victoria, in 1955. I spent a lot of my time living in Adelaide and now I have been in Kerrang for 23 years. <laughs> nearly, a, nearly a local. <laughs> I, um, I was a, a Div 2 nurse and did my training at the Repat Hospital in Adelaide. I also went back to UniSA and studied social work and worked mainly as a welfare worker, community worker. I counted up last night that I've had 15 different places of employment in my life. Some pretty good, some pretty, well, you know, why did I do that? Anyway, my most memorable place that I worked was when I was in Adelaide and I'd finished my social work. I worked at, as a community worker with the Mourn Methodist Mission, it was called in those days. And it was a place called Wright Court. And it gave services to the homeless and street people. It was very challenging. As part of my work there, I, um, one of the elder people who worked there set me a task of living with a couple of the street people for a couple of days. And I couldn't sleep in the park with them. I just couldn't do that. I did not feel safe, and yet that's where they slept. It was very, very humbling. My next job was I worked at Hutt Street Centre, which was run by the Daughters of Charity, and that also was a place that gave meals, refuge, counselling, showers, all those sorts of things to the homeless and street people. We did have a lot of our Indigenous folk there too. Yeah, next page. I'll just say that these two positions gave me a sense of great humility. I felt thankful for all that God had provided for me and my family. I have been twice married and have two daughters and a son in heaven. My first child, Emmeline, has two children, Madison and Jacob. She lives in Adelaide. My second daughter, Lisa, has two children. She lives here in Kerrang and has Bowen and Piper. And I think they're very clever to have a child a boy and a girl each, which gives me four grandchildren. I came, to Kerrang, I came to Kerrang 23 years ago just for one year to see what it was like. <laughs> and I'm still here. <laughs> as I took a position at Kerrang District Health as a welfare officer. I'm now retired. My days are spent in my garden which I really love. I often have songs of praise from Hillsong 
blaring out loud in my yard while I attend to my garden. It's better music than the neighbours play. <laughs> I, I also have one of my greatest commitment is to my daughter Lisa and her children. I made a commitment to her that if she wanted to do her nurse's training I would help her in any way I could and I have lived up to that. I'm also a volunteer at the, at the bus stop, recycle shop and a member of the Red Hat Ladies Social Club. <coughs> and I attend the Korean Baptist Church. Is that enough? That's enough <laughs> right. So you said in your part there that you thank God for everything you had. What was it like before you became a Christian? And can you just tell us a little bit of how you, how you actually became, you gave your life to Christ? Well, I always believed that I was a Christian because in the era that I came from, I was baptised in St Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Mildura and I attended church with mum and dad. Um, when I moved to Adelaide, I was a leader at the Rose Park Cooker Club for Kids, which is Kids Uniting Club Australia. Yeah. And I also ten attended the Christian Revival Church on Sunday. And I found that was absolutely amazing. It was really vibrant with lots of charismatic worship, with people openly praising and worshipping the Lord. I attended different churches over the years but never felt my faith was complete. My life changed and I got busy with different priorities. But I always managed to go to church on Christmas and Easter with Mum in Mildura, otherwise she would have whacked me. Because <laughs> that's the year I was brought up in. <laughs> I've talked to my daughter Lisa about church in the past and she says that I have had a lot of law teaching and that I needed to learn about having a relationship with God rather than all the do's and don'ts. That's it. So on from there, um, can you just give us a little bit of how life's been since um, you've had that sort of revelation or that time when um, you've really become more in a relationship with Jesus? Some of the things that have brought you to the point of sitting here this morning giving your testimony? Was not, it was not long after I lost my dear mum and my daughter Lisa had a newborn baby, Piper, and was struggling with postnatal depression. She had a conversion experience and started attending the Baptist church. She talked to me about the ideas and things that she was learning and it seemed very foreign to me and the ideas that I had known from the churches I had attended in the past. She talked to me a lot about her relationship with God and eventually asked me to attend as she needed help to wrangle two young kids in church between creche and the Sunday school. It was a trap, trust me. <laughs> she got me here. <laughs> 
I came along as a helper to my daughter and fell in love with the worship and the songs of praise. And I was made to feel so welcome that I felt I, like I was at home. I continued to attend, continued to attend and, now, and now have a relationship with the Lord. Um, that's it. That's it. I think. <laughs> that bit. Thank you, Sally. I don't think there's any more real questions, but uh, what we'll do before we uh, send you back to your seat and before Hef comes up and leads us another song, what have we got here? Your, well, your current walk with God, yeah? yeah I thought we'd already covered that, but yeah, your current walk with God. <clears throat> I continue to attend the Baptist Church, and since I started attending, I've beat breast cancer with lots of support and encouragement from people from the church, and thank you all. I even remember a time when I was admitted to the ICU in Bendigo and was very ill. My daughter was in Melbourne and unable to get to me. Linda Harrison spoke to Lisa and informed Pastor Bob, who got in his car, which was the Batmobile thing, and drove straight to Bendigo, <laughs> held my hand and prayed with me while no one else could be there. I can actually remember coming in and out of consciousness and having this sense that there was somebody there holding my hand. And when, when I woke up, it was Pastor Bob. It was just amazing. This show of love and support is something that really exhibited the love of God and how he can work through people. I really made me, it really made me feel part of the church and the church family, as well as one of God's people, and that we can be united in the toughest times of our life. I often think that God knocked on my door and reintroduced himself just at the time when I needed him the most. With my new relationship with the Lord, I can now feel his presence. When I'm singing songs of praise and worshipping, I feel that the Lord is so close. I get goosebumps and shivers and know that he is with me and near to me. It's something that I hadn't ever experienced in my past, even when I attended a church as a young person in my early life. I feel that this is God assuring me that he is with me and that I have a true and real relationship with him. I always read the Bible throughout my life on and off, but it never really spoke to me. I now read my Bible and it makes sense. And just before I come, I went to my bookshelf and I counted all the Bibles and I've got over 10 different ones, all in different words and they're all amazing. I can follow a story and understand the messages that God is trying to say. I love to take notes in the sermons at church and go home and read the, more about what is being said and to love to, and I love to spend time with the Lord and reading his word. One thing I have learnt in my walk with God is that he is everywhere. It's not just a culture thing or something that you do on Sunday. I believe churches are meant for praising, but so are 2am car rides, showers, coffee shops, the gym, conversations with friends and strangers. Don't let a building confine your faith. 
because we will never change the world by just going to church. We need to be the church. Thank you, Sally. Very wise words that uh, we are the church and the church is not just the building, it's the people. And I uh, thank you for your, uh, your message this morning and your word and how God's worked richly in your life and brought you to a relationship with him. And uh, we'll just pray for you before you head back to your seat and thank you for your courage. So we'll just pray for Sally. Thank you, Father, for Sally. Just continue to be with her and bless her and lead her and guide her. And thank you for her message and thank you for her story and thank you for bringing her to this point in her life. And just um, we look forward to the many blessings that uh, you have for her in the future and for uh, the time when she's able to praise you and to uh, put you first in her life. And we just thank you and just give you praise now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Give the girl, give the girl a big hand. Dennis, come on down. <laughs> How are you, Mark? Good, thanks, Les. Good. That's good. Good little to teary, see. You. Little teary after that. I didn't expect that. Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll let you compose yourself for a minute. And that's, uh, that's all right. Thanks, Hev. It's uh, uh, yeah, John Newton and, and others, and um, <clears throat> and the other song about uh, the the. Um, the confession, uh, something I had to learn when I was in, uh, used to go to the Anglican Church was to learn the Apostles' Creed and it's probably something that we need to all learn and look at and uh, to put in our lives. Anyway, Dan, good to see you. Thank you. And how's the week been? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. gone really well actually. Yeah. Really well, yep. yeah. Yep. So the weather's kind to you now, is it? it has, yeah, it's been very kind so far. So good, you've had yeah. a good year? Yes, we have, yes. Had a good year on the farm. It's, good. If we had a year like this every year, it uh, it'd make life easier, it would. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, good to see you. Anyway, um, so I'll probably just go to the same form as we did with Sal. Yep. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you, you know, uh, how you were born or where yep. you were born. Or, yep. Yeah, that's all I was thing. born the same way as most people. Um, <laughs> well, you never know. Um, yeah, I was born in the Crane Hospital on the 14th of March, 1981. Uh, Mum and Dad named me Dennis Marsh Gillingham after Dennis Lilly and Rodney Marsh, the cricketers. But I never took on cricket, so <laughs> I didn't live up to my name. I didn't, but... Um, um, yeah, I grew up uh, about 5Ks out of Kerrang on the Swan Hill Road on a farm, on the family farm. Um, I went to school at Kerrang South and then finished the last three years of my high school at um, Kerrang Tech and I pulled out in early year 10 and started working on the farm. Um, I was working on a farm at our, our home farm out the road was a dairy farm that my brother was running and um, Dad and I were running a lucent farm up at Lake Charm. Um, we were up there for, I worked with Dad up there for I'm guessing around five, six years and we moved back, the lease run out on that farm, we moved back closer to Crang out at Fairley. Was on a farm there for around the same time, probably a little bit less, um, around that time is where I met Nicole. Um, I had some little schemes worked out. Our farm, her farm, was in between our home farm and where we were working. So I spotted this lovely uh, redhead. I worked out what time she goes for a run for her exercise, and, and um, yeah, so we end up marrying six, nearly seventeen years later uh, ago. Yeah, so we met about nineteen years ago. So um, we currently have 
four kids, Caden, Lila, Bodie and Jed, um, and we live out at 80 Gitcham Lane on a farm out there. And I've, we own the family farm, our family farm as well, so where I grew up, so, yep. So, um, can you tell us a little bit, um, so at this stage you hadn't met Jesus or you hadn't become a Christian, no. so can you tell us a little bit about what your life was like before then? Um, I didn't... I didn't know how much I, I needed. I, I didn't know Jesus, didn't know God, so I didn't know how much I'd needed him or how much he was in my life until now, until I look back and go, wow, that was, yeah, I used to think that was just a stroke of luck or, gee, I got out of that one easy. But um, now I look back and I can, there's lots of things I look back on and what, what happened before I knew Christ. And, yeah, I realised he's had a hand on my life the whole time and sort of understand all that now. Um, I had... I was a really good atheist. I had a lot of arguments because <coughs> Nicole was she had a faith, um, and I had I had pretty much all the arguments covered to why Jesus wasn't real, how, how none of that could happen, and how science is right. Um, and yeah, to go from that to where I'm now, it's I can I can still feel I still know those feelings of what it was like before I knew God, um, and it's it's really good to to toy with now for myself to to know where I've come to to know what what the truth is and uh, yeah because I'm the only one out of my family um, which is a fairly big family I've got um, five other siblings and multiple other cousins and there's only myself and another one another cousin that I know of that are uh, with God so yeah so it was a little bit tough now coming into a family you get a lot of questions and a lot of eyes, uh, eyes rolling to why we go to church and why I do what we do. So, but that was a little bit tough to overcome. But it rattles you sometimes. But you just got to hold the faith, I suppose. And that's that's the great thing about a church family. It, it keeps you. You need to be surrounded by people that are in the same faith. And we come across new friends all the time that are that are uh, believers in Christ. And it's really uplifting. Yeah, yeah. So your conversion experience was it uh, bells and whistles, or was it something that God just slowly <laughs> spoke to you through, or what? Um, around seven years ago, thereabouts, maybe a little bit longer, in our new house, um, we'd built a new house out on our farm, and I'd, I was never a believer in ghosts or spirits or another world, and there's things that happened out at our place that some people believe and some people don't, but when more than one person sees the same thing, and you, you think you're going around the bend until you mention it, and they described the exact same thing, things that we were seeing in our house, spiritual, spiritual activity, and sort of took no notice of it. Thought, oh, just that's, we're seeing things and this and that. And we ended up doing a uh, holiday down to Tasmania, and we've seen a lot and heard a lot of stuff happening down in Tasmania on the boat and down around Port Arthur and things like that, the way our kids reacted, things that we'd seen. And we sort of decided when we get home, we better investigate what's happening in our own home. And we got onto this, through Facebook, I got onto a, a person that calls themselves the Paranormal Investigators, I think, from Bendigo. They're in, the, I think it was the Anglican Church, was it, Nick? Yeah, they were from in Bendigo. So, oh, well, we'll give them a crack, we'll have a talk to them. And when they came, um, we told them what had happened and we wanted the house to be... Well, back then I wasn't a Christian, so I'm like, oh, bless the house, do whatever you have to do, you know, whatever's going to get this stuff to stop. And they turned up, I wasn't home, um, Nick was home, and the things that they knew about our place, 
and things that had happened and names that they said, there's no way they could have known our family past and things like that. And they did, they anointed the house and they um, prayed over it and it seemed to be disappeared, all this activity stopped. Um, and so I guess it was from then on I started thinking, well, there is another world, I've seen it. It's not just the world that we see here, it's a, there's a spiritual world, so perhaps there is something else I should be investigating. So um, Nick having a faith and started discussing with her and then I have a lot of friends that are already in the church here that we hung out with and started asking questions. And I, another friend of ours, the story kept resonating over and over in me. Um, her mother, who was, she was not a Christian, was prayed over in a church and her cancer was healed and the doctors couldn't explain it. And that just kept rolling over and over and over in my head. And I remember all these things, all these stories and things I'd heard that started to make sense to me. I remember crouching down outside our house once and I was yelling to God, what do you want? Do you, do you want me? What's, you know? They, um, it's, it wasn't voices, I just knew someone was calling me. And it eventually sunk in. God is real. That's where it started. God is real. And then I started crying because I never cry. I never, I never cry. Only when Heather talks about stuff that's close to my heart. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was where it all started from. So after that, after I had accepted Jesus as my saviour, um, we did a, an Alpha course and that was over a because I knew nothing about. I had all the arguments against church, against Christianity. I knew nothing about what actually happens in a church as in not the I didn't even know I thought church was the building not the people so once we learned all about that and did the Alpha course the Alpha course was really good because it explained to you what praying means how to pray that there's no rule how to pray it's you pray to God you have your own relationship with God we learned all that and um, the next I was told that it's good to go to church it helps your faith and I'm like oh, I don't think church is for me I think I'll just you know do my own thing yeah, it got the better of me and I wanted to go to church to learn more. I wanted to, to find out more about this God and and um, so we did and Nick's faith grew stronger, I guess. I was holding her back in a way. Um, yeah, so, and that's where we ended up here. And you were baptised, what, three, four years ago now, was it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Four years ago, three years ago? Something like that. Yeah, yeah three or four baptized, years ago. Baptised yeah. here. Um, that was another thing I didn't, we didn't get baptised straight away. We never understood the whole baptism thing, that you had to make a choice to do it. And I was actually a lot to do with Bob, mentioning a lot of things here and sort of got talking and I figured I do want to give my life to God. I thought I'd give my life to God. But being baptised is that final step. And once we worked all that out, it was, it was easy. It was, that's exactly what I want to do, yeah. Yep, so I didn't necessarily jump in the deep end right at the start because I was slowly learning this um, this new life, this being reborn again. I didn't understand any of that, and now that I do, it's, it's, it's very easy to see how it's done. It's not complicated at all like I thought it was. So I guess the slow transition to being baptised and to where we are now was just me trying to learn learn all this and get it through my head and, and understand it all, yeah. Yep. 
So this journey that you're on and have been on since, well, for, probably for many years now by the looks of it, yep. that you saw that God was working your life prior to becoming a Christian and your, your conversion experience and the things, and you've seen things that, uh, from a different perspective, um, and you've seen that uh, we do, as I say, there's, uh, we're not fighting just against um, earthly things but against spiritual realms and, uh, and things that we don't understand. How things gone on from then until you're you know sitting here now um, telling us about your testimony your your journey from your conversion through till now it gives a little bit of um, a few experiences now that maybe uh, uh, like to share with our, our family here today yeah um i've learned about about learned about love grace forgiveness um i find it everyone has a different experience when they come to god whether they've known god all their life or they've just They've had a conversion like myself. Um, I, I I didn't realise, like I said before, I didn't realise how much I needed God until I had him um, for forgiveness, for anger, um, for decisions, the way I spoke. Um, it's it's a thing that you, he changes you in a way that you you don't realise you're changing until you hear someone's you can you've overheard someone or you've someone said to someone you know. Gee, they've changed. They've yeah, they talk different. They act different, and yeah, and it's um, it, it's one of those. I'm a, I'm a slow pickup of God. I if I hear something, I'm usually a few days late and going, oh, that's what he meant. You know, oh, that happened. Yeah, okay, now I get it. Um, I I don't pick up on it straight away, and um, but I used to worry a lot about. What happens at the end of life before I knew God? And I used to worry about it. Does it just end? I used that was all the time, and all that's just been relaxed now. It all makes sense. What happens at the end? Where we go? And um, it was, yeah, I did. I did. I didn't realise how much I worried about business, about my health, about what's going to happen tomorrow, next year, ten years down the track. Um, but I can't see what's going to happen. I don't want to know what's going to happen, but I know. It's all taken care of. I know that at, at the end we win. So that's and we go up to heaven. That's that's the answer I was looking for. That I, that was that life. What's the meaning of life was to have a relationship with God. So that was very settling when I worked that out. So yeah. So it all come together really, really easy once I realised it. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, good on you. Thank you for that, Dennis. No and uh, before we send you on your way, we will pray for you. And uh, yeah, it's great to have you here, brother. And great to have you in the family of God, and um, and you have seen amazing grace. Mm. And uh, don't start; <laughs> we'll all be crying. <laughs> so we'll just pray. Thank you, Father, for for Dennis and for his family, and just continue to bless him, continue to use him. Thank you for showing yourself in a way that uh, we may not have seen ourselves. Thank you for opening your um, Dennis's spiritual eyes and his heart to open to you, and just uh, be with him and uh, for Nicole as they they grow in you, Father. Just guide and lead them in the future, That uh, what you have for them um, in the town, in their business and in the church. And Father, just uh, be with them. And we thank you for his story and for his message. And Father, just uh, we know that uh, we win in the end. And we know that uh, Jesus' um, death and resurrection, that we have a faith, we have a trust and we have a grace. Uh, that you've shown us that we can be with you in the end. But Father, just bless us. And as we go out, and just be with him as he goes out this week. And thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And give this boy a hand too. Thank you.